1: Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. This is the review episode where we discuss things that have happened since we last talked. And admittedly, quite a lot happened because last time we talked, we had not played all the conference championship games. Congratulations, Bowling Green, on your MAC championship and on losing your coach to Syracuse. That, That actually is a segue because I would like to get to discussing all of the various coaching maneuvers that have happened since we last talked. And oh my... Have there been a significant and sometimes unfathomable couple of decisions made by large institutions paying huge amounts of money to their football coaches or deciding not to for what it's worth? But before we do that, joining me uh, from beautiful Brooklyn, New York City, Ryan Nanny. Hey, yo. How are you? How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, did you have a weird moment when. We hit, like, 11.30 and we had no more football to watch I was Saturday. I was legitimately happy
0: because not only did we not have no more football to watch, Dan Rubenstein and I, this season we have been filming Wake Up College football at, like, 1 in the morning, and we didn't have to do that. We just got to go home. We didn't even go into the city. It was beautiful, and I am so thankful.
1: Yeah, that was a little weird. Jason Kirk joining us from Kennesaw, Georgia – was there any melancholia, any sadness at the early night and the realization that this was the last full college football weekend of 2015 for you?
2: Uh, the, when, during the, the the rush of the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC games all ending at once, and uh, that moment when you realize, like, huh, so the, the Mountain West, they didn't go ahead and sort of stagger this so you could – Go get some more more football in, and check out with a little conference. They they just tried to throw in their whole lot right there among the big boys, and zero people on Earth saw their game. That was sort of the moment when it when it really struck that, like, okay, I guess this is bowl season now. It's kind of there's there's not even a Mountain West game on. It,
0: it kind of felt to me like when you th- you plan and organize and throw a really good party, and you like make food and clean the house, and you are like, this is gonna be great. I got a great group of people coming party goes on maybe two hours longer than you thought it was going to everybody's having a great time and then once the last person walks out the door you're just as like it's a different sort of happiness that washes over you because you have that sense of completion and also now you don't have to throw the
2: party anymore i don't know i feel like it would be nice if there was a little bit of a cool down the the mountain west cool down
0: well you get army navy for that next week
2: that's that's a whole week later. Maybe yeah. I'm charged up, charged maybe, up for seven days. Maybe we should uh, have. No.
0: Maybe we should have Army Navy just automatically kick off right after the last game, the penultimate game of the season.
2: Well, I think that would be the patriotic thing to do. They they parachute and or um, frogman onto uh-huh. the beach and just set up set up a football game right there.
0: Yeah, it's just like Point Break.
2: And they should do it at
1: four thirty in the morning.
0: I mean, it's wearing not,
1: night vision. Yes, it,
0: it's not like they're not equipped for that.
1: Exactly. I mean, if Kenyon Reynolds really wanted to make the argument for a Heisman slot, doing it with night vision goggles on at four forty-five in the morning.
0: What would be even better is they each team, the teams agree secretly on a stadium that will host the game, but the stadium is not aware of it. So Army Navy takes the stadium by force in the middle of the night. Granted, there's not much of a defense force, but
2: maybe they both have a stadium to use as a base, Uh and they have to. One of them has to has to have a drive that goes all the way to
1: the other stadium.
0: So, so we're just squarely in the realm of John Boys and the Tim Tebow Chronicles now.
1: Exactly, it's time to make that happen.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yep. Actually, what preceded the Tim Tebow Chronicles was when uh, John basically came up with a sport that was like 10-mile football.
0: Which, yep. which we, we, we've talked about amongst ourselves trying to
2: organize a game up. Yeah, we, we've feasible. long kicked around like, oh, we were going to need a sponsorship from
1: Bass Pro Shop yeah. for all this gear. <laughs> well, ultimately, we decided that none of us were fit enough to actually play this game.
0: None of us are fit enough to play a lot of games.
1: Yes. I don't
2: think any of us are fit enough to play football.
0: Yeah,
2: let alone ten mile football, but like back, I, I, backyard I, football, no less.
0: I think that's what makes this game even more exciting. Is somebody's going to die?
2: Yeah, it's very
0: bad for,
1: the, for these web hits. It's very for, this, be- for these Facebook video. Impressions. Oh, classic clickbait! I'll die in the middle of the woods, <laughs> play football on a ten mile field.
0: Works for Vi- to- Works for Vice, man.
1: Way to go, S and Nation! I'll be removing you from my bookmarks now.
0: No, your subscription fee.
1: Vote Trump. Wow. Oh, yeah. We'll go there. Let's talk. Let's talk coaching changes. Yeah, let's do that. We do have a uh, I don't want to skirt or dance around the issue at all. So we should get right to it. He's back. (sighs) (laughs) My man is back. Man, I like how Jason just leapt in with that razor straight to our throats, right?
0: No, no, no. I feel great about this. I feel wonderful.
1: <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. South South Carolina did it. They 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 did it. They they fired their coach first, right? What is it? Give me the date that Steve Spurrier quit. I mean, it was geez. early. It was early October, I mean, they didn't. They didn't. Basically, two months ago that he that he stepped down. But they. It, let's see.
0: It was it, we'll, on October twelfth. It looks they like. had
2: a solid month head start on most of their actual competition.
0: Illinois yeah. was the only one that was squarely ahead of them.
2: Illinois had a major head start, yeah. and uh, they locked up Bill Cubit.
0: LSU might get the Illinois head start next year.
2: Yeah. LSU is, <laughs> has got an excellent head start on, like, the 2017
0: <laughs> I that. I feel good about it. But, yeah, they, they've had, uh, as of almost two months
1: Remember, by the way, remember that weekend. Yeah, October twelfth is the same weekend that Sarkeesian is fired. That's right, right? Like so, the most chaotic the, weekend in the history of recent college football.
0: Mm-hmm. And something else happened. I don't think that was when Randy Edsel got fired, but it was that was very close to the same time, I believe.
1: Yeah. So they both right they both get fired. Including Randy Etzel, our glorious footnote here. So it's been almost two months to the day, right? It's currently December mm-hmm. six. Give it, give it a little leeway. They've had seven weeks to find a coach, and who, who, Jason Kirk? Because I want, I want to come out of your mouth because I, I just want to hear what it sounds like coming out of an unbitter person's mouth. Who did they end up hiring? That's Will Muschamp. So let's
2: see. So so Spurrier left after the weekend of October third. So since then, what was Auburn's record? Uh, the the Muschamp being the Auburn defensive coordinator. What was Auburn's record during the time that South Carolina was scouting for a new coach
0: from from October twelfth forward? Yes. Uh, they went. Th- they won three games. And they lost four games. Oh, that's pretty good. What I like about that is that fits with Auburn's overall 6-6 six and six record. And I also just now realized that Will Muschamp's first two initials are W and L. He's the perfect 500 coach. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God. You saw the signs. Hey, y'all know Auburn's defense gave up 34 points to Idaho?
1: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, That's it. By the way, Idaho retaining in coaching moves that we will mention for exactly <laughs> three sentences.
2: Both Petrinos are not on the move yet. That's
0: right.
1: As of this recording. They might switch places for all we know.
0: Not until that Eagles job opens up.
1: Chip staying for another year according to the Eagles. I mean they, they, they did just beat the they Patriots. Did beat the
0: Patriots, so nothing ma- nothing makes sense. You know who I really feel bad for in this process? I want you to think of another Auburn affiliated defensive-minded coach who unceremoniously was dismissed from his SEC position, went to a new team this year as a defensive coordinator, but has actually had some success resuscitating that defense. In addition, his success as a head coach at said SEC institution, far beyond anything Will Muschamp achieved. Do you know who I'm talking about?
1: Oh No, go on. I'm talking about Gene Chizik, goddammit. She is the Lego man himself.
0: How how many phone calls Gene Chizik get?
1: I think he might have gotten one for that UCF job. I think um, he
0: probably got a wrong number or a like, hey, uh, uh, Scott Frost put us his letter of recommendation.
1: Is to that be fair, to be fair, on Gene Chizik's resume, I want I have found the next Cam Newton as a bullet point. <laughs> I want that in there. <laughs> Otherwise, we're not talking.
0: Well, there is that. I mean, Cut. but but. But Will, he'll find you the next Treon
1: Harris (laughs) You
0: might be the next Treon
1: Harris, listener (laughs) You might already be (laughs) Treon Harris for all we know Go out in the backyard, put up a tire If you hit it half the time, you're Treon Harris Congratulations, Mm -hmm. I'm not making that up, that's his percentage
0: And if a neighborhood child sacks you In situations that feel embarrassing and confusing That helps your case
1: Really does because the similarity becomes even stronger at that point. So
2: my th- my favorite thing about the coach boom era for the Cox is that uh, what our Stephen Godfrey reported is that Muschamp is uh, you know he, he's fully aware of what you think of when you think of Will Muschamp football the the ten to six game being the goal and he's turned over a new leaf and he's all about offense now. And then it seems like he's getting the band back together and hiring the whole same Florida staff.
1: Okay. I'm going to just begin listing a long series of butts. Okay.
0: I love, I love butt lists. I love these Spencer Hall.
2: Feel like I'm watching Stanford. (laughs) top butt lists.
1: All just all these glorious butts about to give you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which is this? Yes. He's getting. At least, rumored, reportedly, one member of his staff. Okay? Back. And that would be Kurt Roper, who was the offensive coordinator in 2014. Many people might believe he was the offensive coordinator in 2013 when two Florida offensive linemen famously blocked each other during Florida's loss to Georgia Southern. Mind you, a loss that occurred without Georgia Southern doing what, Ryan Nanny?
0: I mean, I don't don't, don't think
1: they they did not do one thing in that game. Jason, you know the answer. What did they not do? Complete a pass. They did not complete a pass. Involves throwing
0: the ball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They did not complete a pass, and they still beat Florida. That was not Kurt Roper's work. So by the time Kurt Roper got there, who I want to also point out, Kurt Roper's not stupid. In this sense, when he came to Florida, he got himself a guaranteed contract yeah. for many, for for more than one year. I believe it was a, I believe it was at least a two-year deal with guaranteed money because he knew this was a shot in the dark at best, given the talent that he was working with. And they weren't really good; they they were they were a pretty bad offense, given the talent he was working with. I will say this though: it's impossible to know that Kurt Roper. Is totally a bad offensive coordinator at this point. He was from uh, from I believe ninety nine to 04, something like that. Was with Old Miss. Of course, he did have Eli Manning as a quarterback, which is kind of a nice crutch to lean on. Greatest Manning in all the world. Yes, uh, but uh, he has more Super Bowls than his brother. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he must Therefore, be better. Yeah, right. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess the thing
2: is, I believe that Muschamp is aware. This was the thing that went wrong. Um, I guess maybe just from a perceptions point of view, it's funny that you go, you, you, you at least according to reports, you start going down the same route, even if you're going to have a similar staff do different stuff, or you're gonna, you're, you're gonna restrict them less or whatever. I don't know. It just seems like a pretty funny start if, um,
1: <clears throat> if the goal is to to come across as the new Must Champ. I'll make the second mistake I made. <laughs> not the first mistake i'll continue making the second mistake i made i will say this he is a very good recruiter on the defensive side of the ball a great evaluator of talent even though florida did the amazing in allowing less than 140 yards of offense and losing two games which has only happened twice in the past 15 years and both of them were well must champ teams
0: he makes history
1: He's a history-making kind of coach. He is um, a genuinely good dude for the most part. Like People seem to really enjoy him. He treats his people well, and he works real hard. And I, I don't know if that's ever the compliment you want to give your coach to say, man, he's a real hard worker. Yeah, they're coaches. They're, they're all kind of psychotic. Like workaholic doesn't really begin to describe it.
0: Do you want to talk about the fun flip side of this equation?
1: Man, I would love to find something fun to talk about this that doesn't make this look just like a complete catastrophe that South Carolina voluntarily signed up for.
0: We're not even going to talk about South Carolina for the flip side of this because Auburn now gets its third defensive coordinator in a row in a a consecutive season, and and unless they bring somebody in who's going to run something very similar to what Will Muschamp runs, basic 4-3 defense, uh, they're also going to have their third new defensive configuration of, of the last three
1: years. Hooray! Yeah. Can I give you another flip side to this? Great. Go for it. Which is this, by the way, that the SEC East just keeps hiring Nick Saban's you know, children yeah. of varying talents and degrees of talent. But there's also this, that Clemson, now the year of Dabo, might become the era of Dabo. Because I I don't really see anything that Will Muschamp is bringing to the table in that state or region that Dabo would not swat out of the sky like Godzilla just spiking a helicopter like at this point. It is because. a good.
0: It is a good time to be recruiting to Clemson and against South Carolina. Because
1: guess who they just lost to? Who's the other big rival just down the road? UGA. Oh, I, I thought th- you were, I thought you were talking about the Citadel. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk about teams that have beaten South Carolina this year, Clemson. You're, oh. We're talking about teams. that <laughs> Give me. Give me a, Give me a moment. Give me a moment. Yeah, hold on. I got. I got to look this up. Make a list. And take a deep breath. Yeah.
0: Not UCF.
1: Yeah. South not, Carolina's
0: winning that recruiting war. Take not that Nor- Scott Frost.
1: Not North Carolina.
0: Man. And not, yeah. and not Vanderbilt, because goddamn Vanderbilt.
1: North Carolina and Northwestern just sitting in a bar, having shots, laughing about completely screwing up two other team seasons. <laughs> just Stanford and Stanford and North Carolina sharing their miseries at the hands of two otherwise okay to bad teams. We were nine and three. You're Northwestern. Just go go do whatever Northwestern grads do, which is get jobs that they weasel their way through offices for andor, you know, by telling everybody they went to Northwestern, it's a really good school. I said I this think- last
0: night. It's the crucible in which champions are forged. I mean, <laughs> Northwestern <laughs> Pac- is 12, not Pac- North-
2: twelve champions.
0: Northwestern is not the champion in this case. They're just the
1: crucible. <laughs> <laughs> They're Pac-12 champions. Think about that. They got this is. All Northwestern people do is they get transitive victories. That's what they have. Congratulations, Darren Ravel. You're now head of the Pac 12. Oh shit. I'll work on this brand. He's gonna
0: hate that brand.
1: The other the other thing for this, by the way, that if, if South Carolina had two months and this is the best they came up with, besides everyone saying, Yeah, maybe that AD's fired. Maybe, maybe maybe it's time to get rid of Ray Tanner because I know that's probably something that's happened in the past 24 hours now, is this. The SEC East is wide open for the taking. This is not, you know, when you hear Will's, Will Muschamp's been hired to South Carolina, you go, oh, okay, nothing's been fixed. Nothing, especially when you hear that Kirby Smart, who was hired at UGA and who Nick Saban is giving permission to work there for a while before he comes back and coaches the defense in the playoff, when you hear that he wanted to hire Dan Enos, the offensive coordinator in Arkansas, that that was one of his first shots for hiring a staff, you're like, oh, I feel really good as a Florida fan.
0: <laughs>
1: this is great. This is like everybody checking on a hand in poker, right? Like, check, check. Yeah, I'll raise. Okay, cool. I'll raise two. Like, you think Mizzou doesn't have a chance to win next year despite just hiring their own defensive coordinator? Oh, they're fine. Have you seen who everyone else hired? We're great. The SEC East did nothing. Nothing to improve itself.
2: So the SEC East going forward, you have Butch Jones just piling in the crew's and then like punting away wins. Mm-hmm. Just zooking it. Yeah. Just zooking it left <laughs> and right, man.
0: Just, yeah, but but with like a little more fire, I think.
2: You have Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina all playing the exact same style of football. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe accidentally scoring a touchdown or two at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mizzou probably leaning that way. I mean they, the guy they hired is defensive minded, so it's you know, they're not going to be the team that, uh, the team that really counters all that. Um, Kentucky' is bad. Vandy is like the most defensive minded of the whole bunch. That's, so. all, that's
0: all we're going to say about Kentucky for like six months, isn't it? Kentucky. That is was, bad. that
2: was generous. <laughs> okay, cool.
1: Like, like
2: the Kentucky should be happy. We remember they're in the division.
1: Vanderbilt is so defensive. They prevent themselves from scoring. That's how much they hate offense.
0: I would like to, as not to twist the knife too badly in South Carolina fans, but I would like to bring up one other angle and to do that. I'm going to read from the Twitter account of Greg Byrne, the Director of of Athletics at the University of Arizona. These are two consecutive tweets. Granted, they were sent 18 hours apart. Tweet one, sent 22 hours ago, as of this recording. Great news. Coach Rod AZ did not commit to the offer from South Carolina. He's an Arizona Wildcat. Hashtag bear down. Tweet two, sent four hours ago. Very excited for Arizona F-Ball's return to Albuquerque to join our friends at the Gildan New Mexico Bowl. <laughs> Hashtag Bear Down.
2: <laughs> Not just to, to visit the New Mexico uh-huh. Bowl. Nope. No, no. We're to, checking in to, again on to to return. We left with return. Our, the, of the last time we went to the New Mexico Bowl, brother, there was unfinished business.
0: Return of Gildan. Oh, my God. Return of Gildan T-shirts. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Comfortable menswear. Return of Gildan. Early December.
1: Yeah, that's that's Arizona. If you wonder why Rich Rod didn't get it, there's a couple of uh, speculative reasons. Um, One, that South Carolina did not offer enough money for his assistance. And two, this, that part of Rich Rod's deal at Arizona is an innovative, and I don't know, I don't know how legal it is, Compensation it's, plan involving oil and gas? It's
0: interesting. Mining? Let's, let's classify it as legally interesting.
2: It's extremely Arizona. Yeah. There's, it's, it supplements his, in case anyone doesn't know, it supplements his salary with uh, eh, natural resources. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rich like, Rodriguez is an oil man, like, like his father before him. He's from West Virginia, so he's, he's, he's upgraded from coal to oil, basically.
0: Before Whatever. You know, the, the next school he goes to will offer him one-eighth of the sun.
2: I think, yeah, the next school they got They got to up it to uranium.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you want you want the geothermal power of the earth? We can get that for you.
1: You get me. Uh, you get me. Eleven winds, I'll give you a natural gas well with zero regulation in Belize, son. Richrod is gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna find clean energy. He's gonna solve this crisis.
0: Why are there all these loud windmills in Eugene, Oregon? Richrod put them up
1: part of his deal he's making money off these things Do you know there's a fusion reactor in champagne urbana no there's not get away from it that's a blender with a strobe light put in it tim beckman said it was a fusion (laughs) reactor yeah he did
0: yeah he did he's got a delorean too
1: yeah and then he yelled
0: it's highly rusted
1: then he yelled at it when he broke the light inside saying it was injured (laughs) why don't you play fusion reactor Get on that field.
0: Why don't you want it bad enough?
1: <laughs> oh, Jim Beckman was so dumb. This brings me, but if the SEC East is the like the dullest possible series of of hiring decisions ever, and. I'll include Florida in that, even though McElwain's worked out really beautifully. It, it looks but look.
0: the McElwain hire looks positively clever from this perspective. Yeah, you made
1: <laughs> you made
2: Jeremy Foley look clever.
0: Like you at least made you at least made the Saban assistant go prove himself a little somewhere else before he did this. Yeah,
1: you made.
2: Yeah, you made I,
1: guess, I guess there's that part. It's, I mean, yeah, it's one year. It's one year, and yeah, he was successful at, at Colorado State. Not an easy thing to do. Plus, but still.
0: Plus that opened up the job for Mike Bobo and led to the demise of Mark Richt.
2: Oh, Very man. clear. Okay, now I'm seeing, I'm yeah. seeing the pieces now. I'm Florida's seeing Florida's the movement. Florida's just three
0: moves ahead of you. We also ate one of the chess pieces.
2: I think Florida's like two moves ahead of everyone else in the SEC East, and all of those schools are like six moves behind, so... I'm yeah, telling. we just think couldn't about this. We
0: just couldn't help pantomiming a blowjob with that bishop. And next, I think no. everyone
2: else in the SEC East just getting just keeps getting skip and reverse in the great game of Uno.
1: <laughs> i no, the
0: number of offensive touchdowns Florida scored <laughs> in the SEC <laughs> Championship
1: game and in, Uno, <laughs> and in the last two games, yeah, <laughs> dose the number of points we scored against Florida State? <laughs> you um, got to call it out, or you are you losing both? <laughs> I like how Florida State fans are like, yeah, y'all only scored two. Here's a picture of Jim McElwain holding up two points. And I'm like, math, you can understand. Mm -hmm. Two points. Thought we'd make it easy on you. Then, like, Florida has been a step ahead. But if if the SEC East is the most, like, dull, irritating, bothersome, and mundane (laughs) series of hires, the ACC was on fire. Stepped it up. Yeah, like if they don't have to play a game, this looks like the greatest roster of coaches since the Pac-12 actually got money and decided to hire like you know oh Leach and Rodriguez and uh, we'll forget about everyone else that got hired. Yeah, yeah. Since, since the shine fell off
2: that with you know Sarkisian and Sunny Dykes wanting to leave and all that stuff. I still back, think back fi- like about the uh, Pac-12 about a year ago. That's where the ACC is right now.
1: Yeah, I still think we're gonna like find out Sonny Dykes did an amazing job there when the next guy goes like. Two and eighty oh, over no. the next na- Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Sonny Dykes is still doing a good job. That man just wants to leave. Mm-hmm. Like openly. Like on like if he had his own Twitter account, he'd just be like, yo, dude, this place sucks. I'm out of work. I'm out. I'll see you guys this weekend's gonna be sick. Your, face, like, coach. your Facebook sending, accounts sending public directly to other schools. <laughs> he's just Instagramming, like, you know, coaching openings on his computer.
0: Like, you left your resume in the fax machine and it said, fuck this place.
1: He's like, hey, football scoop, what you got? This, what you got in the <laughs> hopper this morning? <laughs> the, yeah, quote me. Mm-hmm. Sonny Dykes wants to leave. Per Sonny Dykes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually I'm just gonna retweet him because <laughs> he just said it. I just believe in transparency, y'all. Yeah, the ACC hired the following. They took MAC championship coach Dino Babers, who did a great job at Syracuse, or a great job at Bowling Green, making this like taking the Baylor system, like a very art browsy kind of system, and building it to like a power run offense with some West Coast concepts. Thank you, Smart Football, for pointing that out and making us all sound way smarter. But did, like, made like a completely sort of like a his own variation on it. And created a really good team at Bowling Green. And he gets to play that indoors. It's a great hire. Syracuse just hired like an Art Briles, Bear Raid style coach. And they get to play indoors where weather never has to bother them.
0: He also gets a natural uh, endorsement deal with upstate New York barbecue chain, Dinosaur Barbecue. It's
1: right there, Dino. Brilliant. It's like an additional $1,200 a year. This is
2: his. This is his Rich Rod deal. Yeah, <laughs> he, he gets the barbecue mine
1: in Syracuse in,
0: in Upstate New York, the home of barbecue.
1: What are you uh-huh. doing? I'm I'm uh-huh. investing in indoor obesity. Well, <laughs> that's a great bet in Upstate New York. So
2: is the Carrier Dome.
1: Yeah, so is the carrier dome,
2: but that's a seriously great hire. Than yeah, they made. no, 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 uh, no demerits at all. That's uh,
1: that's a good, that's a good move, Jason. What surprised you? What, what was the hire, the ACC hire that surprised you most? Because I think it's the one that surprised everyone the most. It, for a lot of
2: reasons. It was probably pulling Virginia pulling Bronco Mendenhall from BYU. Um, the fact that there were like no rumors there. No. They, no, they, they, they just sacked him in the dark of night, and and it, you know and no one even noticed he was gone. Um, <clears throat> I think all the rumors were like, <clears throat> excuse me, Sonny Dykes and, uh, well, of course, Sonny Dykes isn't every rumor, but Sonny Dykes, Dan Mullen, Greg Schiano, like the, the same guys you know, on everybody's list, and uh, next thing you know, hey, they got this guy who uh, his next bowl game, he might win his 100th game.
1: No big deal. Yeah, I mean to put that in perspective, Davo Swinney, w- who has had a hell of a run at Clemson, just won his 100th. Like, if you want to put 100 games, just just coached his 100th game. Yeah, just coached his 100th. Hasn't won his one. Pardon me. Yeah. And Bronco Mendenhall is well past that. He was about to win his 100th if he won this bowl game at BYU, which, as everyone knows, has its own unique set of restrictions, limitations, and uh, some would say some advantages in terms of the people that they have to recruit. This was my favorite thing I've seen was people referring this to, well, UVA went on a secret mission. <laughs> 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 and they pulled him. But seriously, cloak and dagger, like no one heard this.
0: Cloak and dagger, yeah. two of this, two of uh Bronco Mendenhall's sons, by the way.
1: Cloak, dagger, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We will just start <laughs> listing names. Please <laughs> pick the ones that are actually Bronco Mendenhall's names. But now, the, the names children. of his children. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so cloak. Dagger. Duvet. Duvet. Breaker. Mm-hmm. Plate. Yep. Uh Raiden. Cutter joint Qatar and Breaker. The real answers are Raider, Breaker, and Cutter. Those <laughs> Those are Bronco Mendenhall's sons. Are those all horse terms? I have. Are they? Wow.
2: I, I don't know what... I, ugh,
1: God. I feel like Cutter is... I
0: really don't want... I, I mean, Breaker seems right. I really don't want to get horse Twitter involved in this.
1: Though. No, I don't want to get horse twitter Horse on. Twitter's they're, fucking crazy. They're bonkers. They're insane. You want nothing to do with them. I mean, if you're going to Virginia, you got to know some stuff about horses. <laughs> first of all, they're mascots. <laughs> Secondly, they're all really rich. Are you saying Bronco will appear in the first game at UVA riding the horse out himself? I
2: think he might have to give the... The, the funny hat mascot, a lift.
0: I like that.
1: I will say this, by the way. Bronco is kind of a loner in this because the family names at the, uh, the Bronco household, Bronco's, it's like, his brother's name is Marty. It's not, like, it's not like, for instance, there is a quarterback for Baylor. It's not really a quarterback. He's a wide receiver, but he was their fourth-string quarterback who ended up playing against Texas, whose name uh, is Lynx Hawthorne. And his brother is named Bricks, B-R-I-X-X. And his sister is named Lexi, L-E-X-Y. And that's the whole family getting in on it. There's a kind of fairness. Bronco Mendenhall, uh, his dad's name is Paul. <laughs> his brother's name is Marty. So I guess everyone else is like five six, five seven. came out of the womb at like 7 pounds, right?
0: Dad, uh, how would you come up with my name? Well, O.J. Simpson drove by. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just inspired. And we just got it.
1: Yeah. Like like it was like, well, oh, this is Paul, this is Marty, uh, this is Janine, you know, this is Susan, and this is Bronco.
0: Bronco an especially good name because it has no it has nothing you can short it, shorten it to. You can't be just like, oh, you can just call me Bronk. No, it's still it's all ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I can't even bro bro, bro, bro. bro.
0: <laughs> just call me Ronco. I'm Ron Popiel.
1: Yeah, bro, what's your name, bro? Well, actually it's it's Bronco, but bro sounds a lot more normal than saying Bronco out loud. But UVA got Bronco Mendenhall. Miami got Mark Richt. Miami which-
0: got Mark Richt. Quick.
1: Fast. Fast. And the story from
2: the school president, he he said that uh, he contacted Mark Richt about 2 months ago. When uh, when he first fired fired Al Golden, and of course Coach Rick politely declined because he had a job. Then he called him back two months later, as soon as Coach Rick didn't have a job, and at that point um, things had changed. But uh, yeah, apparently Miami has been on uh, been on Mark Rick for a long time. He is an alum of the school, so that makes sense.
1: He is an alum. It is a school that I think Rick can fit in pretty well at because he's the guy who can balance a lot of the concerns that I think Miami always has, which are, yay, we have this school that sits on top of the biggest well of talent in maybe the United States and certainly the eastern seaboard in terms of – number of recruits within a very small area. However, we're a private institution with a pretty good academic reputation who's had problems in the past with the football program being an embarrassment of – Discipline issues and extremely visible public embarrassments in terms of football player behavior and the so-called excesses of amateur athletics. That's been Miami, and that's what everybody loves them, but they'd like to hide it as, as well as they possibly can, which is something Mark Richt does really well. Yeah, yeah, Mark Richt,
2: quiet, quiet discipline that no one ever hears about and comments on the internet about. About how much control he's retained. <laughs> Never. No, Mar- Mark Rick, the thing about him <laughs> is, is he, his, his discipline is so good that it comes across as bad. Right. So uh, that's going to be the funny thing with Miami. If they're like, listen, you, you got to start kicking off, kicking off the players who <laughs> are doing fast. We got to actually keep some of the players who are fucking
1: up.
0: Do you like economics? Let's talk about
2: laissez-faire.
1: <laughs> let me talk about the invisible hand i.e the hand that's not there coach <laughs> we need not- to re- rebalance the swag
0: the invisible we- hand we- shot that gun
1: there's there's too little swag now coach he does do the thing though i think really well he inherited this from bowden which is player does something reprehensible stupid and does it in public or at least in a, a fashion where there's a public record of it later right and they come back to him at He's just so laid back, man. <laughs> well, we'll take care of that. That's just, a, that's an internal thing. He's it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate
0: that unfortunate, uh, and it's unacceptable on this football team.
2: Nah, I mean, Mark—he's the one who he's gonna he's gonna boot the player for smoking weed or whatever, and then and then all anyone hears is Georgia booted a player. Therefore, all Georgia's entire roster is just criminals. Even though it's you know the school has uh, all sorts of uh, special strictness things going oh, on Well, no, that's that's not going to be an issue in miami yeah so uh <laughs> evil rigged let's just put it that way
0: but now georgia gets kirby smart who learned under the watchful eye of, of nick saban
2: who would never tolerate any criminality on his yeah, football team that's gonna be a culture change for kirby i mean <laughs> i realize he went to georgia but that was about 20 years ago hmm uh, been under a whole lot of Nick Saban, Tuscaloosa law enforcement since then. So first time somebody comes in and tells him, hey, you're you're tight end. He can't suit up. He was riding a scooter. That's not going to go well with Kirby. Kirby Did might you. not
0: even give press conferences. He'll just be like, no, uh, Coach Saban doesn't allow his, even his former assistants Coach Saban to, <laughs> give <him laughs> a, to give press conferences during the season. Kirby, I'm, I'm you am no longer a Saban assistant.
1: <laughs> just calls Nick Saban when he has to pee. Taking it off, boss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm clocking out yeah Clock you don't, night. Nope, i just feel better doing it this way
1: this is this this whole situation seems really bad for kirby smart this does not seem like a like a situation where he can succeed because mark Richt was beloved at georgia beloved the people who ended up getting him fired were not the immediate community members who are the people who touched the football program right additionally Kirby Smart's going to come in and he's going to kick like 30% of this team off. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. that's inevitable. If if he really is Mac Brown East, and I'm, I, I speak of Mark Ritt when you say that, this is something Bomani Jones has called him, which is Mac Brown East. Which
0: I assume he, this is a compliment to indicate that he's won a national championship.
1: <clears throat> no. Oh. Go, no. Go Docs. Because Mark Rick never, never did that. Um, do you know where Deshaun Watson is from? Where where he he went to went to high school? Jason Kirk, do you do you happen to know where he went to high school? Well, surely it's South Carolina. Probably, the, probably the, it, the, it, the no. great
2: wellspring of talent in or outside
0: hmm? Clemson. Probably.
2: Yeah, yeah, No, no. The natural recruiting grounds of. Mm. of, of I mean, Clemson. I I could see North
0: Carolina. Maybe they went and no. got him out of the, Connecticut.
1: Yeah, no, no. He always
0: oh, uh, from East Carolina. Canada. He's a
1: pirate. Is he from no. Canada? No, he's he's not even from. Uh, not even from north carolina or barbados from northwest carolina nope nope he's not from curacao he's not one of those players boise state pulls from the caribbean nope he's from Gainesville, georgia hmm,
2: Huh? that's pretty close to athens isn't it
1: oh yeah yeah you could you could probably ride your bike there in a day pretty pretty easily be a long ride but you could do it the red elephants and uh, that's a that's a recruit mark rick didn't pull in fact if you go back and look at the number of Quarterback recruits that he didn't manage to land. Uh, there was somebody that uh, again, I'm, I'm cribbing from Bomani here, but uh, there was somebody he wanted to recruit at tight end uh, from College Park, Georgia. You're
2: saying a, a a quarterback from the from from the south of Atlanta, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who I, I'm guessing you're saying tight end. That means he's a pretty big fella. Oh uh, yeah, he's he's
1: a big fella. Plays for the Panthers now, actually. Oh, uh, interesting. Oh, so is that... Uh, is Gano. that going to be Gano.
0: That... Graham Gano?
1: Yeah, uh, it's uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Greg Olson, maybe? That's a tight end who plays for the Panthers, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not Greg Olson. Luke Keekly? Yeah, no, it's not not Luke (laughs) Keekley. They didn't convert him to linebacker. Oh, it's Ted Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn Jr. No, no, it's not Jericho Cotcher either, believe it or not. We know a lot of Panthers. We We do, do, man. It's because they always recruit from, like, (laughs) they recruit country-ass dudes for the most part. I like the the Panthers. You said recruit. (laughs) For whatever reason
2: everyone just feels okay with the Panthers, like we could just think of them as doing doing things that are familiar to us. Listen, if they open a day school Hey man. I'll let the Panthers do <laughs> the Hey man, Panther if, if Ron Rivera opens a satellite camp Panthers yeah. played
0: a hell of a non conference schedule this season. You gotta give them all the credit in the world for that.
2: They're saying they ain't playing nobody, but sure. hell, they just locked up their conference. <laughs> Probably still lose I mean, to
1: old. Granted, Ole Miss. it's it's the SEC East. <laughs> it is probably still lose to Ole Miss. Oh man. Oh, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. That was Cam Newton, and oh. and Mark Mark Wright didn't pull him either. And this happens to every coach. But you know, when you look at that, it gets to be a sort of painful list, especially when you consider the people who are playing quarterback for Georgia at the moment. You kind of get an idea of why Rick got run the hell out and Kirby Smart has to go into that throw a bunch of people off the team which he inevitably will do find an offensive coordinator which for Saban disciples has been kind of an issue build a staff mend all of those fences and in addition to that keep uh, perfect hair he's got to keep perfect hair and he's got to deal with all the stuff that you know Mark Rick didn't want changed or couldn't change and ab- above all that, he's got to win at least at
2: least ten games a year.
1: Yeah, nine to ten games a year, because that's it, the current
2: that's the ceiling right now, right? I mean, at, nine to ten, that'll get you fired in what six years? Now let us let us remember who
0: who uh, Alabama. Sad to see Kirby Smart, longtime defensive coordinator, go. Where on earth will they go to find a replacement?
2: Where where will they find <laughs> a, uh, someone a someone familiar with the Nick Saban system? Huh.
0: Gosh. A, a,
1: a, young, a young coach on the rise. Just lost their job. Real intense, right? Already worked in the state of Alabama. The area. Yeah.
0: Recent championship experience.
1: Yeah. Oh, maybe Jeremy Pruitt. Oh, damn. Oh, interesting. Huh. I know. The, the, got the sl- Saban sleeper cell. Activate. Activate the Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> the dark mark pulsing on his hand. <laughs> the little Debbie logo this just, is yeah oh, this oh. is definitely
0: like the 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 early Harry Potter movies where you're like mm, that guy's definitely the villain they're not even hiding it very well
1: yeah like oh look the master of dark the master of dark arts our dark arts teacher for the semester Jeremy Pruitt Kirby, yeah
0: Kirby how come nobody can see your forehead is there there's not like a snake there controlling you no 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 no. no, no. I just no. love these bangs just love them definitely not being controlled by the dark lord from afar
2: he does kind of have funny hair.
1: Yeah, what's the first joke, by the way, when you hear Kirby Smart and when he does something stupid next year when they lose a game? This is another reason why I don't think he's going to be successful at Georgia. More like, just, more just like, more like, more like
2: Kirby. Dumb. Kirby,
1: Kirby stupid. Dumb. More like and Kirby.
2: Intelligent. Kirby blew it like the Nintendo character. Oh. <laughs> huh more like Bruno. That, one, that one's going to be all over the AJC Fine bomb. They love that video game.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, the AJC message boards are going to be filled. Dog vent's going to be like, more like Kirby <laughs> dumb. Dog vent's going to be all about dumb. Super Smash Brothers jokes, man. <laughs> exactly. I bet a lot of them. I'll bet, and this is how racist they we are. We could have
0: got Link. We could have got Solid Snake, y'all.
1: <laughs> I knew we shouldn't have hired one of them Pankos. <laughs> <laughs> He's soft. He's soft. (laughs) He has no original ideas. He just swallows other people's concepts. You
0: can't trust him. He's always changing. (laughs) He's always (laughs)
1: changing. Is he really so super a smash brother? Is he?
0: I don't even think he's a brother. (laughs) Who who are his parents? Show me the birth certificate.
1: Wow. Yeah. Man, we nailed it all. Cloudland
0: Cloudland ain't even in America.
1: Got Kirby truthers out here
2: in the dog (laughs) bin. I mean it's calling into 790 the zone talking about Kirby wasn't born in America. Come on. I think he's Japanese. What do they know about football? Yeah, you know let's get Mike Bell on this.
0: All I'm saying is nobody's ever seen Kirby's dick. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's quite true.
1: Because Saban kept it. That's how he keeps him loyal. (laughs) He's got a jar. (laughs) He's got a jar. That's why Will Muschamp's so mad. He's never got a Give him neck back, Nick. <laughs> we didn't even talk about like like Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech got Justin Fuente. Like in maybe one of the slickest coaching maneuvers of the year, they get Justin Fuente from Memphis in a relatively frictionless negotiation. They bring him up. They introduce him to Bud Foster, according to a report from the AP as a surprise. Bud Foster didn't even know who he was meeting with, and after three hours, Bud walks out of there like, "Hell yeah, I'll be his defensive coordinator." We're not changing a thing, hokey yeah. high. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's perfect.
2: It's it not only the transition and the fact that this is a coach who has shown very clear success at two different stops, but also, I mean, the personality wise, seems like a great fit. Like, you know, he he's not a flashy dude. Um, you know, his media presence. It just seems like a great fit for Blacksburg.
0: Justin Fronte is a good fit because he's one of those coaches that you're like, wait, what does he look like? I have no idea what he looks like.
2: He, he kind of looks like Les Miles, uh, uh, slightly younger Les Miles.
1: Slightly younger, slightly like a little taller, a little leaner Les Miles, not quite so offensive lineman-y.
0: The ACC looking. did so well this coaching hiring season that even ACC survivors Stay Strong, Maryland, made a pretty decent hire in getting DJ Durkin.
1: Yeah, like not a – uh,
0: I mean it, not a it's – not, It's not like a cra- – <laughs> whoa, they interviewed Mike Loxley, okay? They interviewed well, him.
2: Well, if you, if you believe the word on the street, they interviewed everybody. Fair.
0: But it, I don't know. It, it,
2: yeah. it was, it I mean was... that's that, – to me that is, that is along the lines of the, 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 the junior Saban thing in the SEC East. Like, I mean you hired the guy who works for all the schools that are already better than you. What's that going to change?
1: Let me know. let me ask you this, Jason. Did they get better this offseason? As provides? in, did
2: they replace Randy Edsel? Yes. Yes. Okay, so there you success. go. C+.
1: Plus. <laughs> so they didn't accidentally rehire Randy Edsel. Consider, <laughs>
0: consider how bad it could have been.
1: They didn't hire Mike Loxley.
0: They didn't hire Butch Davis.
1: Mm-hmm. There are billions of people they did not hire.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure D.J. Durkin is a good coach. Just to me, it's uh, why not try and find the things that your biggest rivals are doing and 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 exploit
1: the, the the opportunities rather than trying to do those same things. Well, that would be original and intelligent thinking. And these are large institutions. They, they generally don't tend to do that. They really don't. That's why the SEC East – look at it this way. The SEC East has all the money in the world to hire coaches. They really do. They're as – money as anyone in college football and that's why they're probably going to make the worst decisions because they have the most invested in it therefore they're going to make the most conservative possible decisions i.e. hiring guys who've all worked in the same office I guess maybe the thing
2: is from an outside perspective, you can actually see where these schools stack up and you can see that okay, this school should finish about fifth in the division most times unless they really shake things up. But if you're at that school, you don't think that way. You think we're oh, we're just one higher away from being being the best. Yeah, so no, let's if you're exactly if, what the guy who's already the best is doing.
1: Yeah, then it'll all work out without taking our own sort of regional or institutional considerations into mind. Right? Sure. So, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be okay. That's Mar- the, that is the, that is the one of these hires that I think there are two of these hires that I think can go real sour real fast. And they are mm, one of them's Miami, Ooh. and that's by the way that's Ooh. just because that's just because as good a coach as I think Rick is, I just think Miami is inherently volatile. I just think it's an unstable place where they've been un- <laughs> they've been unhappy for a while. And if they stay unhappy, then that momentum just carries over onto Richt. And what if Richt is fatigued from the long 30-year run that he's had in coaching and then just starting right up in a new place with absolutely no pause or break? That could go badly. I don't want to say that it will. I just want people to acknowledge that that's a real life possibility here. Well, and the thing about
2: when you hire a new coach, you sort of assume that all the things you didn't like about the previous, um, the, the the previous coaches' teams, those will all go away.
1: Yeah, and maybe they're just still. A same. lot
2: of them will still be there. It's all the same players.
1: I and- mean, look at look at it this way: Jim McElwain did, I think, as good a job coaching as anyone in the country this year with what he had, and at the end of the year, that looked like a must champ team. <laughs> like, you know, if Ooh, you boy. have. I mean, there's only so many things you can do to hide the groceries that you bought, <laughs> and and at the end you're like, yeah, this is vegetarian food.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, I did not want to be unchopped, but here I am. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, this is this is the last act of chopped when you're like, I I, I, I just had, put the I fish I put heads there. on the
0: pizza. I have never cooked with fish heads before. I did not know what to do.
1: Yeah, I just stacked them. And it doesn't mean that doesn't mean that the cook's not smart. Doesn't mean the cook's not doing a good job.
0: It just sometimes that basket sucks.
1: Man, that's that's what the basket. You know, you can only do what the basket gives you, and the basket was pretty brutal this year. Now he's going to fix that, hopefully. But this this is a case where you look at Miami and you go, okay, that could go badly. Now, I want to also say it could go really well. This is the kind of thing where you get somebody like Mark Richt who can get some offense going and just kind of knows how to you know maintain an institution and recruit really well and be chill, which I think would help at Miami at this point because that was not one thing that Al Golden was. In terms of dealing with people at times, this is something that I think Marker could do well, but it also could go really badly. And the other one is um, it's DJ Durkin at Maryland, just because it's Maryland, man. Maryland has such bad luck. Period. They have bad luck. I think it's a harder place to win than people think it is. Like people say, "Oh man, Maryland's a sleeping giant." <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's sleeping. It's
0: very sleepy.
1: It's very sleepy. Well, when when have you ever seen them stand up? Giant? Why do you think they're a giant?
0: Wake up, giant! Oh God, get a mirror.
1: Yeah. I, you, could,
2: you could make the case that it is a sleeping giant in the ACC Atlantic, but in the Big Ten
1: East, it's just sleeping. Maryland is the one where I, I think people – Maryland, to me, is the person with a very long torso and very short legs who sits at the table and you think they're seven <laughs> feet tall, and then they stand up and they're actually 5'11". I, I, okay. That sounds like a turtle, actually. Long torso, short legs. All, mm-hmm.
0: Before – we can move on, but I just want to throw out one other name Maryland did not hire.
2: And that's Tim Brewster. We can go on.
1: Man. What, but let me also point this out. ACC retaining. Florida State fought off LSU. Yeah. Think about yeah, that that yeah, that counts. That yeah. counts. Mm-hmm. Put it on the board.
0: And, for, and UNC retaining Larry Fedora. Yeah, For seven years. For a long time. For, sure, a, for an amount of time fun. that you may regret.
2: <laughs> Which, yeah, they gave him the Kirk <laughs> Ferentz deal. That's
0: yeah, we're in love. Uh, you've only been dating for... No, oh, I said we're in love.
2: Actually, the Kirk Ferentz deal that's sure,
1: the seventh yeah. year, it'll, seventh year it'll pay off.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a,
1: <laughs> it will. You just have it'll, to wait. It'll if, accrue. You got to wait fifteen years, and it'll go twelve and zero. It's amazing. It's
0: like a it's like a money market account. Just don't touch it. It's a fine, do enough. not touch it. There that's, are penalties. There are
2: penalties if you touch it. You don't fi- lose money until you take it out.
1: That's a uh, fine way of saying that. Uh, ultimately, Iowa managed to, uh, I think, get a pretty good return. This is as far as their money was going to take them to the Big Ten Championship game. This
2: is the segue.
1: Hell of a segue. Damn it.
2: Now, are they going to extend <laughs> Kirk Ferentz for this?
1: Hope so. Hope it's like a 20-year <laughs> extension.
2: Because, <laughs> I mean, like, what the fuck would have happened if they had, if they had um, prevented that last yard mm-hmm. and, like, fucked around and won the, won the playoff?
1: Which can Kirk I just... Ferentz gets a new deal. He does, and you know what? Knowing his agent, that's what they're. That's exactly what, as we are discussing this on Sunday night, that is a conversation his agent is having. He's pressing that. He's like, "Hey, listen, y'all thought he was washed up. The results
0: speak for themselves. I I
1: do like that out of the playoffy teams.
2: It's like you know, you have Saban, you have the constant Texas rumors with Dabo. It's ah, maybe he could leave for Bama at some point. You know, you have uh, Jimbo. Um, D'Antonio, there was briefly talk about South Carolina, but Iowa, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's really coming after Kirk.
1: Nope, because at this point, he's so specialized, he can only work at one place. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Like, what can you do? I I do nothing that makes anyone happy except I win. That's it. Everyone's in in 2015. In 2015, I won, and next year, I'm going seven and five you know that's what's happening <laughs> i was not going to change a thing and they're going to go seven and five next year easily this is this game if you did not watch it was precisely what you imagined it would be and then at the end with
0: one notable exception
1: with one bomb <laughs> <laughs> one insanely long touchdown by oh no, that's the new iowa Mm-hmm. new Iowa. The new, the new Iowa grips it and rips it,
0: opens a- it up. Air, Iowa. Air Iowa, that's who just flew over you.
1: I th- I still that's think, what it was. <laughs> I still think C.J. Beathard finished with like 137 yards, like an, <laughs> over half of them are on one pass. Man,
0: that's – Yeah, that's the, yeah a, the,
1: game, the game was extremely
2: uh, Iowa-Michigan State, extremely Big Ten, and then it got even more so.
1: Yeah. Because the final drive – God damn. The final drive – which I'm writing about tomorrow, by the way. It's just it's it's amazing. I've the final drive was scripted. It it's, was a, as scripted as imagined, as prescribed. It's, Everything that you would want out of a Big Ten championship-winning drive.
0: That's like saying Tolstoy is scripted. It is. Yeah, but that's not that's not doing it pure justice.
1: mm Hmm. So, twenty-two plays. <laughs> twenty-two plays. 82 yards, nine minutes and four seconds off the clock, and a concluding touchdown that finishes with no fewer than three people on LJ Scott as he extends the ball barely across the line with one arm. Uh, Just nine minutes, 22 plays, 82 yards. It was breathtaking. This is a situation where if uh, State had gotten the ball
2: with like eight minutes to go, we would have been justified in saying, I don't know if they got enough time here. Because (laughs) uh, Connor Cook, you know, his arm's about to fall off. Um, Iowa really doesn't tend to give up big plays. There's really only one way this is going to happen, and that's 22 plays.
1: Iowa got the ball back with 27 seconds. And the first thought I had was, man, that's eight minutes and 30 seconds too little. Because 27 seconds, they're going to need at least 8.57 to get the ball back downfield.
0: Spencer, how many plays do you think LSU ran in the entire game against Alabama earlier this season?
1: I think they ran 47. They ran
0: 45.
1: 45. Two over.
0: <laughs> oh, I love this sport. It's fun. 40,
1: 45. That means that Michigan State uh, Michigan State, had 20, 22 plays. On a drive, they had half,
0: half, yep,
1: as many, and they were the best part. Is twenty two plays for eighty four <laughs> yards. Do the math. <laughs> Go ahead, divide that up into yards per play. It,
0: efficiency <laughs> is a very
2: outdated. Concept. It's probably about the same <laughs> yards per play as what uh, what LSU mas- mustered They just happen to be chained together.
0: Listen, a handcrafted canoe is not the most efficient way to build a boat, but it's beautiful and it ruins <laughs> your hands.
1: Tell you, this is the Mark D'Antonio stocks and bonds plan, compound interest at three mm-hmm. percent. Get you down the field, baby.
0: <laughs> and yet, and yet, even with that nine minute drive, Michigan State held the ball for seven minutes less
1: than Alabama did against Florida. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a segue. <gasps>
0: oh, god,
1: seven minutes less. Yeah, no. if you just look at that, like at no point were like, I don't, Ryan, did you ever hit the point of just. Dis- of despond in this game, not uh,
0: really. I mean, I did really enjoy that. At one point, when the game was pretty well decided in the third quarter, I tweeted that I was going to see if I could hold my breath for the entirety of a Florida offensive drive.
2: Yeah, on, how'd that turn out?
0: On first down, <clears throat> Florida ran the ball. I think for two yards, which was one of their better rushing plays of the night. And on second down, Treon Harris threw a pick. So I succeeded.
2: Congratulations. <laughs> Look at that.
0: I'm a Navy SEAL now. Look at me.
2: Florida <laughs> Florida 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 was looking out for your safety. Is
0: what um, it was. There was yeah. what there's what's there to be despondent about? Like Nothing. It was, it, it, was it was
1: glorious. Like we only lost by we only lost that game by 14 points. It beat the
0: spread, didn't you? It beat the spread even though Alabama had the ball I think at the 3 mm-hmm. with when time ran out. And miss and, and chose not. I think this bread was 17. So they could have just kicked a field goal at some point and, and covered it that way. Or they could have scored a touchdown and covered.
1: But or, they didn't. or they could have pounced on the ball instead of scoring a safety. Also, that. Yeah, also and, cho- that. and chose not to. And I, I, I enjoy the humility of this Alabama team because I think they understand that offensively they're very limited. They can do one thing, two things, actually. One, they can run the ball with Derrick Henry. And they did that a lot. Oh, yeah. They did he, that a he lot. Was, and I will say this Florida's defense, his longest run was 21 yards, which, if you go back and look, that's really good mm-hmm. against Derrick Henry because El Tractocito has worn everyone else down. And Florida managed to hold him to a mere 189 yards and one TD on the day. So the defense, like Florida's defense was great. They just, they, they lost to math. Like, math turned on them. Because when your starting quarterback can't complete a pass to an open receiver and you can't run the ball, then you end up playing a lot of 35-yard fields. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, they know. (laughs) They they knew. (laughs) They know what they did. "Mm." Yeah, they know. They know. So I was very proud of Florida. And Alabama just, they throw deep balls. They let Coker, like, uncork a couple down the field. And then they just hand it to Derrick Henry. It's just It's the most predictable, boring, clockwork football you've ever seen. And they do it real well. Kudos to them, SEC champions.
0: I am excited to see the team that – how NFL scouts deal with Derrick Henry, who's very talented but has now run the ball 339 times through 13 games. Melvin Gordon through 14 games last year, 343 carries. (laughs) Like – He's, he's going to, he's going to get closer to, if, if Bama can get to the championship game, Uh he's going to get close to 400 attempts, which is, like, you go back and look at the guys who you think, oh, they just got run into the goddamn ground, Le'Veon Bell in 2012, 382 carries, Andre Williams in 2013, 355, it's, I mean,
1: it, it, let me it, let me let me give you this one. I feel like I we can't ever the,
0: listen to Nick Saban talk about player safety again.
1: Let me just give you this one, which and by the way, it's not like he didn't have a backup who mm-hmm. can't do work. Kenyon Drake sitting right there. Yep. There's two other like four or five stars on the bench.
2: Yeah, I feel like Alabama's pretty much was just going for a Heisman here because mm-hmm. well, we'll before, just, I mean, they they had started to do more of the running back by committee thing, and now it's just let's get some trophies.
1: Yeah. Now. How many attempts he's going to finish with over 400? Jamal Anderson, in the season that got Atlanta to the Super Bowl in In
0: 1998.
1: In a 16-plus game season. In a 16-plus game season. Maybe the case study for what people call the overuse of running backs, right, Mm -hmm. had 410 carries. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. This is Lane now, Lane Kiffin does this, by the way. Like when he was at USC, Marquise Lee would get, you know, they would throw the ball to him as many times as humanly possible because they want people to win awards so they can go recruiting and say, hey, you'll be this guy. And that's clearly what they're doing with Derrick Henry here, right? Mm -hmm. This is for the award. This is for Henry. This is for draft stock. And this is for future recruiting more than anything else. But 410 carries, that's Jamal Anderson. That's something Derrick Henry could easily eclipse in the playoff.
0: Well, what's so confusing about it is in this game, and Jason's absolutely right about what Bama was doing here. So maybe it won't be the case in the playoffs and they'll mix it up a little more. But Florida throws that stupid, goofy, kind of awesome touchdown to score their to get to 15. And then Derrick Henry gets the last eight touches for Bama. Yeah. Like, Why?
1: Yeah, it was pointless. The game, game was in hand, and Florida was not moving the ball at all, and you've got him out there taking useless touches. And
0: and if, if Derrick Henry had gotten hurt on one of those touches, oh, my, oh, my lord. Yeah. It would have been fun from, a, it, from an it, angry it, fan perspective, not from it, a Derrick Henry health perspective.
1: Because the, the real implication would be that Nick Saban thinks these are interchangeable parts. Ooh. ooh. Interesting. Huh. huh. That he has absolute control over. Huh. 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 And that if you went to the pros where that might not be as much of a thing, you might not be as successful. I'm just saying. This is just spitballing.
2: It's cool. That, that, would, that would be a thing that someone could say in, the, in that scenario. Certainly in no
1: others. Mm-hmm. ACC championship game. Um, a game that was far more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. It, I, I, did, did all of the, uh, all of the conference championships really, really play to character? The
2: Big Ten did, the SEC did because it was Alabama standing on someone. Right. But the ACC one got
1: pretty goofy. So, which is, I think, what we think of when we think of ACC football is that it's a little goofy and it's like like harmless fun. Here's how, better than you think it's going to be at all times.
0: Here's how the ACC played to type. It involved a terrible call by the referees. Maybe the worst officiating <laughs> of the year outside
1: the Pac-12 itself,
0: or that other
1: ACC game, or the other ACC. Thing no, ACC that takes was the, even the, worse. Uh, ACC takes the crown this year. Pac-12 just makes stuff up. <laughs> ACC designs catastrophes. Yeah. ACC gets it, gets it actively wrong. A- the a- Pac-12 and. It, the- it, it,
0: The ACC picks its moments. Like, the Pac-12, you'll be like, oh, man, that fumble they didn't call early in the third quarter. And you're like, well, yeah, I mean, that was a mistake. But the game continued. ACC's like, hey, is everybody watching? Watch this.
2: It's like the Pac-12 refs. It's sort of just constant slapstick, whereas the ACC refs, it's like, fuck, there's a time bomb. (laughs) And we don't know when it's going
1: off. Guess what? It's at the end. Cut
0: the blue wire. Did you say eat the blue wire? No.
1: Like Ron Cherry's, like McLean, John (laughs) McLean,
0: and we say that because Ron Cherry doesn't wear shoes.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's 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 the scenario here, and you know, very entertaining. Deshaun Watson gets to put up very large numbers. Clemson does. Clemson does what they've done all year, which is figure out what kind of a game we're playing and go with it, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, and kind of, and not exactly. uh, In a lot of their games, they don't dominate you and blow you out. But they hold you off. they've sort of got the hand on your forehead, and you're getting closer, but not really that scarily close until the until the refs intervene and when it gets a little too close in this one. But for the most part, Clemson is pretty good at just keeping just just enough distance to still look impressive.
0: They did yeah have, they did have two very nicely timed turnovers that they forced North Carolina into one that like kind of tipped ball that turned into an interception, and the other one was a I think a sack fumble. When North Carolina was driving trying to make it a game.
1: I'll ask you to sort of forget maybe what you've looked at with the box score though, but it it speaks to a point about Clemson's sneaky dominance. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily always show up on the scoreboard, but when you look at the stats, if I if I were to just if you're just spitball total yardage. Yeah, you're saying okay. What what was the total yardage in this game? I would say that like by feel you'd go. I don't know. Like North Carolina had 400, Clemson had 500. No, yeah. no, it was it was 382 for North Carolina, but 608 for Clemson. And if you did time of possession, you'd go. I don't know. It seemed pretty even. Nope, nope. 39 minutes to 21 overall first downs. You're like ah, they should be pretty even. Nope. It's 21 to 33. Like Clemson just Clemson just piles up first downs and numbers to an extent that I think is is extremely deceptive when you like watch it and then afterwards you go no they kicked their ass.
0: Okay, but there was one important statistic in which UNC and Clemson were tied.
1: Oh, and, and the best the <laughs> nicest possible statistic.
0: And that was terribly run
1: fake punts. Oh no! I was gonna say yards per pass because they oh, both no. Aver- oh, no, no yards no they both average six point nine nice yards per pass. God damn it! Can we talk about the fake punts? Oh, there were two pretty bad fake oh, punts. Oh
0: man, Jim! Yep. I, we were we were watching this and Dabo was just so mad, and somebody we were watching with was kind of perplexed because you figure if you call a fake punt and it doesn't go well, you don't scream at the punter because you know punter did his best, whatever. Um, but Dabo really hasn't had a lot to be screamy about this season. Things have gone pretty well for Clemson. They have not been in a lot of tight tight corners. He, he, he got a little must-champ there for a little bit, just for a little bit.
2: He let the dragon loose. And some people speculated that he might have been trying to make it clear that that punt was not his fault. Just sort of telegraphing a little
1: bit that, uh, the student athlete made this decision, not me. Not <laughs> Which, if you look at the replay, there are people on Clemson's team looking back and obviously gesticulating and thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh no. that's not, that ain't what's supposed to be. Oh, no. Maybe, we
0: locked the baby in the car.
1: Yeah. We dropped, did he drop it? Did it go over his head? What happened? Oh, no. Like they're clearly befuddled mid play, except for the punter boldly charging forward into three tacklers. Charging yeah, the light brigade. He was going where the
2: spirit led him. That's what, That's all I saw. It was kind of ho, ho, Holy Ghost was leading the way, and then um, led him out, in t- out, led him into some tribulations.
0: Holy Ghost isn't much of a blocker.
1: Let him into <laughs> let him into a Trinity of tacklers. If let you him know. let him astray. Yeah, uh, but kind of an awesome play. <laughs> it's like a really a really admirable failure. I don't. I got to... this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson, Heisman Trophy potential finalist. Sit uh, your ass down. Yeah, you know, sit your ass down. Punter got this. He might have thought it was fourth in 1.5. <laughs> I'd be so proud of that, like 10 years later. Like, you're applying, you know, you're finishing up your MBA program. Like, what did you learn from this program? And you're like, well, one time I decided to run a fake punt. I like, you're that guy. Yeah, yeah you're me. that guy. <laughs> and I'm, I decided this punt
2: should not be a punt at all. <laughs> <laughs> I disrupted in fact, the game. It should be
1: something more. And I, <laughs> Disrupt. And,
0: and I'm not sorry. <laughs>
1: The other, uh, but that was, I think, thoroughly entertaining. Pretty much verified everything we thought. This is this is a series of games that verified exactly what we thought. Including Stanford. Stanford just goes out there and just, you know, puts its full body weight and horrible smell and pressure and <laughs> strength all sort of directly on the windpipe of USC <laughs> as as Christian McCaffrey just.
2: Scoots all around and has USC coaches cussing and screaming in the, in <laughs> right next right next to the press box, I guess in the in the in the in the NFL stadium they have the coaches boxes right next to the press boxes. You had USC beat writers like
1: uh, they're just constantly screaming and cussing. That's my favorite part of this, by the way. The Stanford exerts such pressure on an opponent that the defensive staff is like, "crap, shit, what do you do with that?" <laughs>
0: I mean, in fairness, <laughs> they're so fucking huge. Chris, Christian McCaffrey only finished 30 yards or so short of matching South Carolina's offensive output.
1: <laughs> if you if you do not know Christian McCaffrey's line for this game, we will recite it as if it were poetry. It's going to take a minute. It's going to take a, it's gonna do, do, gonna do, take a minute because this is a damn resume. First of all, I will start with his most boop boop unlikely stat that he was a 100% passer boop boop of the night. He went one for one with 11 yards and one TD as a passer for a QBR of 100. Thank you, ESPN. Two-star receiver, Kevin Hogan. Mm -hmm. Two-star receiver and quarterback, Kevin Hogan. Uh, McCaffrey also had 32 carries, which is more than I thought he had. 32 carries for 207 yards and a TD. And... Oh, he had four receptions for 105 yards and a TD. I'm done. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 Because Christian McCaffrey also had two punt returns. They, they were, you know, this is a little more mediocre. He had two of them for 29 yards, uh, with a long of 31. So one of them he went backwards. And I'm done. Wait, no, I'm no, not. You're not done. No, I'm not done. And Christian McCaffrey's never done because he also returned five kicks for 120 yards, the long of 31. Christian McCaffrey did everything for Stanford against USC, and that's why they won 41-22. And I will also state Christian McCaffrey probably deserves at least partial credit for getting the entire USC defensive staff fired today. It's pretty fun. Hey, Spencer. Oh, hey. What, what buddy? You have a Heisman vote. I do. <laughs> wow,
0: we're getting real.
2: Yeah. You, you, you got to tip us off here. You, you know, know they don't. You know they don't listen to this program. You can you can say on here, which way you're leaning. Mm-hmm. I could.
0: Oh, he's so he's so moral. He's so fucking smug and moral. How about a clue?
1: <laughs> he plays football. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so Florida's out.
1: Yep. Yep. Florida offensive
0: players are out. Sorry, guys.
1: Definitely, I could play twenty-one questions, and I'll just lie. Mm.
0: I I would like to give. Um, I would like to give USC some credit, Cody Kessler in particular, for throwing one touchdown against
2: against Stanford. It's it's something, Cody. One cool thing about Pratt. USC is they have Juju's Juju Smith Schuster, the former Juju, just call him Juju, yeah. who um, he's just a mean asshole. Yes, like, and I mean that in a great way because he's an incredible athlete, but. Like he just goes around seeking people to stiff arm and shove their face into the ground. Like, I, I don't really. Think I've never is. seen such a bully of a wide receiver. It's I, fun. I, I guess, outside of like Steve Smith himself. I was
1: to say who retired this year, Steve Smith. Oh wow! Who's gonna come up, Juju Smith Schuster? This is that. This is the like passing of the torch for like badass stiff arming, brawling wide receivers who use football as an excuse to just punch people in the balls. And then yeah, you, bur- and then NFL you burn defensive get, backs with guy. the torch.
0: You burn the defensive back with the torch, and you call him a
1: bitch. <laughs> on every play, on every He's just play, a Dick.
2: <laughs> like if he, like I really think he would rather stiff arm you than even score a touchdown.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. His run blocking. You ever seen him run block? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it looks like fighting with like a. It looks like fighting with a fan that has a bunch of hammers tied to the end. You know, just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, you know how you tie hammers to a fan. You
1: know, <laughs> you I know do it, it you, all the time. You
0: know how you get drunk and break into Lowe's in the middle
1: of the night. It makes it makes the breeze heavier. <laughs> Man, it gets that breeze kicking your ass like Juju that Smith Schuster would
2: really whipping.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what he's like. Like he's like a little baby Steve Smith. He earlier this season, though, he was calling out a blocker with the hand gesture. It appeared. That he called out a Utah DB who was talking shit to him for yeah, Juju Smith Schuster later in the post game. Yeah, after the game, it sort of re- revealed that
2: there was a little bit of tr- truth in the gesture. <clears throat> it was the pointing was as much you whoop his ass or I will, <laughs> <laughs> and if Juju's on the field, it will eventually be him whooping your ass, yeah. which he did. He stiff armed him out of bounds. <laughs> and then in Just this ground. game, there was there was. There were two juju stiff arms in this game. There was one where he smashes the dude's face, then he goes back for more, plants his head on the ground, and then as he's stepping out of bounds, gives him another love tap on the head. It was three stiff arms on one dude in one play. Just a what a what a brute. Unfortunately and, and, for
0: USC stiff
1: arms worth zero points. Worth zero points. It's unfair. They really should have gotten like at least four points for that. They still would have lost badly. But I would have given them four points for that. That's cool. Oh yeah, remember USC hired their interim coach who just lost to Stanford again.
0: I hope you don't lose the bowl game.
1: Eh, to be fair, Steve Sarkeesian lost that one. He lost the first one. This one's on Clay Helton. So they split it up, which is what a responsible coaching staff does.
0: That Anything- way that way they can't find you liable because it's neither it's nobody's 51% fault.
1: I got one more game to mention on this extremely long edition of the this, Shutdown Fullcast. Thank is, you for making it this far. This is
0: evil. If you're listening this far, you're a bad
1: person, so I'm not afraid of what we're about to talk about. So bad. But, man, Jason Kirk is on this podcast. I would I would be just a negligent, uncharitable human if I did not mention Baylor, Texas. which Texas won 23-17 to become bowl eligible at 5-7. and seven. Almost if they'd had better
2: grades, <laughs> <have> <laughs> better <off>. grades. <laughs> if Texas had done its homework and, <sighs> and had actually I wonder if Charlie kicking all those players off hurt the APR enough to keep them out of a bowl. <laughs> I bet it did. Cause that kind of that really comes into
1: play here. <laughs> yep. Baylor down to its fourth string quarterback due to an injury the affirmation to Chris Link, Johnson.
0: The aforementioned Lynx Hawthorne.
2: Yeah, for a mention, of <laughs> Lynx, Hawthorne, who? And then after running, after for the first half, trying to run kind of the normal offense and realizing this shit is not working. They were down 20 to nothing. And then they just start running the Wildcat, the Wing Tee, throwing screens every now and then. We'll get Corey Coleman the ball in space. That's always a good idea, no matter what decade it is. But just adapting on the fly, it was. This game was so fun so good <laughs> I, I, I seriously I am gonna watch this whole game again. Um, I'm not even kidding this is my favorite game of the year just watching uh, a brilliant coaching staff, a brilliant team um the possibly the country's best offense just see what happens if they don't have a quarterback it was like just one of the stupid stupid scenarios you make up what would happen if superman had to fight batman but there were 10 batmans you know it was like that kind of thing what if 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 you had
0: what if you had feet for hands and hands for feet
2: (laughs) what if texas got to fight superman and superman didn't have a quarterback (laughs) <laughs> it was just and like, by the end, Baylor was Baylor had sort of demonstrated for Texas the offense that
1: Texas should yeah, already be running. Yeah, it turns out <laughs>
0: Texas nearly chokes on its own vomit.
1: This was the duck-sized horse game. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The horse is running right at us.
1: Yeah, our Briles got one giant duck as a quarterback uh-huh. and uh, had no hands. And let's just see. And here's here's the just most jacked up thing about it. Baylor almost won they almost <laughs> Baylor at the very end
2: they tried to throw Hail Mary it Not was so bad that the announcer said while it was in the air it looks like a punt It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so they took out Lynx Hawthorne and put in a ice cold running back off the bench as their like second string emergency quarterback so they're like sixth string quarterback just because he could throw the fucking ball farther and it almost gets to the end zone <laughs>
1: this game was amazing like this Baylor is going to finish 9 and 3 and that is with start that is with finishing the year on their fourth-string quarterback who had not played quarterback since high school
0: Baylor's Baylor's two last games of the year might be the two weirdest that that might be the weirdest way to end the season, between playing in a absolute monsoon on the road against
1: TCU. A 38-degree
2: monsoon. If and you've only seen the last two Baylor games, you think this is just the worst <laughs> offensive team in the world. No, no. They've... Uh, They've been cursed. They've fallen into some sort of weird alternate realm. Some of the, the 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 whoever's writing their comic book is is just getting way too creative and needs to go back to
1: the source material soon. Bill
0: scored more points the last two weeks than Florida did. Yeah, granted, granted, easily.
1: Yeah, I hate you so much, Ryan.